another guy I worked with uh, for a long time, Jimmy Moore, he's with Bold Racing. Uh, they do side-by-side -side racing, mostly desert. So, um, you know, I went out to Vegas to Reno with a huge off-road race out in, uh, you know, out in Nevada. I did that with him for two years. And I remember the first year I, I was really learning. I'd done a couple podcasts. I still didn't really know what, what I was talking about. And, and he took me out there and, and I was like, man, what does it take to get into this race? He's like, oh, that's, you know, it's not bad. Uh, and I said, well, tell me about it. And I said, I want to know what the, like, what's the win? What do you win? You cross the finish line. What do you get? Yeah. He said, well, uh, let's just go back. He said, I got about $70,000 invested in my car and it's barely competitive. You know, I got like a $75,000 truck to pull my $80,000 trailer. Yeah. And, you know, I got my crew with me and I got to feed them and put them in a room for the week. And I got all my tools. Who knows how many thousand dollars in tools? Uh, I got entry fees. It's like, I don't know, 25, 35, $4,500 in entry fees for this race. He said, I'll run it. You know, we'll, it'll take us 20 hours to do it. And uh, I'll finish and I'll get like a button like a really, really nice button. Uh, if <laughs> yeah. I win, I'm like, Oh, Oh, well a, a button. Yeah. 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 So, so not much. You don't win much in this case. And but it's a nice button. It's a super nice button. <laughs> hey, oh, it's showing is my son here. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Josh. No, thank you. you. You're probably seeing what's still a picture of my son. Or are you seeing video right now? I see your son. He looks pretty. Cute. <laughs> I see uh, there's a it says bread on the side. Yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. Um, you know, COVID has changed things so much. I had to change my, you know, computer to be his virtual learning tool. I so gotcha. Let's try this instead. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, how's it going? Josh Weiss, uh, Weesey. Yeah, Weesey. That's right. Yeah, I listened to some of your podcasts. Uh, I got to admit, though, uh, I am. Uh, I did not do my full due diligence. You had like two hundred and some episodes. <laughs> I did not listen to all of them. You haven't listened to all of them? Come on now. Not yet, anyways. I haven't either, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you listened to them at least uh, the first time initially, and then you have to do the editing work. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, early on, you're right. I, I produced about 228 episodes uh, over the course of a few years. And uh, early on, maybe the first 30 episodes, I, you know, edit everything. And then I'd listen to the whole thing over again and then publish it. And then uh, then I changed to like, eh, I'm just going to publish it and then listen to it. And then yeah. maybe I'll go back and edit. And then later on, I, I honestly, maybe the last, I don't know. 200 episodes <laughs> I don't know what it was the last 150 episodes I never listened to them again yeah. so I just put them out in the world and uh you know moved on worked on the next show see for me I'm still I don't really take things out I just make sure that um like we paused one time before so I just you know splice that together or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. intro and I cut out the end part and that's about it but um when I'm doing I do a lot of multi-cam feeds when I'm in person with somebody with yeah. cameras. So I have to go through and manually switch the camera feeds for two hours of video. Yeah. And, uh, lately, I've been using, well, since I started, I've been using DaVinci Resolve, which is a free okay. program. And uh, it's been lagging like crazy. I can't, sometimes I'm just so frustrated with it. 
Uh, but I I can't pay for uh, software right now. Yeah, no, I get it. I just got to figure out the the correct settings, and I think it works fine. I've been doing it for about twenty episodes. It's just mm -hmm. settings right now somehow. Yeah, well, that's a good deal. But, well, uh, you know, I'm excited to be here. I know it took a little bit to to make it all happen, but we're here. We're making it happen now, so I'm excited. Yeah. So tell me a little bit uh, about your history and what you. Mm -hmm. uh, we've already said about two hundred episodes or so. I think mm -hmm. twenty eight is the number that I saw. Yeah, 228. That's it. Yep. And you had a show called the Sponsored Rider Club Podcast. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of give you some context. I mean, outside of that, that show, I'll tell you a little bit about me. Um, you know, I'm obviously a dad, if you saw from the beginning, right? I had my, I'm using my, my computer turned into my son's computer and now I'm borrowing it back again. But uh, uh, I got two kids, two boys, five and uh, seven years old. My, my wife has been married a little over 10 years now. Um, you know, I got a, just like many people out there, kind of the, the dual path thing going on where I've got a side hustle and then my day job. Uh, my day job right now, I'm managing uh, proving grounds, so vehicle okay. proving grounds out in Marshall, Michigan. You might have heard of it before. You're a Michigander. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, it sounds like a fun place to go. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's, it's Eaton. Um, they do, you know, superchargers and, you know, valve train components, differentials, things like that. So I've been leading the proving grounds there for the past two and a half years. And uh, it's a pretty cool place. We, we've got a lot of pretty neat things. So there's a test lab side, um, you know, that has dynamometers and all sorts of different test equipment. And then the track side, so on-road, off-road track. And uh, we're actually setting up right now for a autocross activity that's going to be happening on Wednesday. So I'm pretty excited about that. I got to run the, the course real quick and uh, make sure it's, it's good and it's, it's solid. You set up um, those cones with a slalom section and break it. Yeah breaking sections yeah exactly i think this course may have been set up for about 40 or 45 second runs yeah uh, with, a, with a good driver <laughs> not me right <laughs> i'm not really a good driver i just get out there and and run it but uh either way a little bit about me that's my day job and then uh you know i did the my company is called impact fuel impact fuel it started as a kind of a charity organization where i took uh off-road miles that people would, would put online. So like oh, I ran on, did a, you know, 50 mile run uh, in my quad, right? And then they would post up something on social media and I would convert that to a, uh, a donation to a charity each month. Okay. Uh, so I did that for, I, don't know, I can't remember now, maybe a year, year and a half. And then during that, I started the, the podcast, um, you know, Sponsored Rider Club podcast. It's all about motorsports marketing and sponsorship, trying to help people uh, get started, get to the next level whatever it is, you know, the struggle, right? You showed me your background video, right? And I watched that and you talk about the struggles of financially being right. able to, to go out there and race. And uh, oh, there's yeah. different levels of, of challenge associated with that as you step up, the financial challenges get bigger. So, uh, you know, what was happening is people were reaching out to me and they were saying, oh, Impact Fuel, why don't you give me a bunch of money? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can sponsor me. I'll put, you know, a small sticker underneath my wheel well. And uh, just give me like a thousand bucks. I'm like, well, I mean, okay, that, that's cool that you, that you want that from me. But I'm just like, I'm like this big of a company right. uh, that would blow out my marketing budget. Uh, you know, I have people reaching out to me. It's called Impact Fuel, right? It's a, it's a pun, right? It's a playoff of impactful. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd say, oh, I love your fuel. I'd like to run your fuel. If you could just give me some, some fuel. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't actually produce fuel. I mean, yeah. have you even done any research? So that was part of it. And a couple of people that I was working with, they said, man, it would be, it would be nice if there's a resource out there. We don't know where to go to get information about uh, sponsorship stuff. We don't know where to get coaching at. 
So I started the show kind of randomly. In my first episode, I accidentally released it. I did not mean to. I was still yes. learning how these things work. And uh, I released it way early. And uh, it did okay. So I just kept going from there. I was dedicated to doing uh, one a week. And then I ended up turning it into uh, six a month. Okay. I did six, six shows a month for from December of 2016 until May of 2018. Yeah. Uh, or sorry, May of 2020. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it, it, 228 episodes. I had almost a uh, hundred thousand downloads. I'm close. That's a lot. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Right. Considering, uh, the kind of the niche that it, that it is as a podcast, you know, some podcasts out there, they'll get that in, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, in one show, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was a lot of fun and impacted a lot of people. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me and you're curious too, why did I stop? Um, why did I stop doing the show? And there's, there's a couple of reasons. I actually did a whole show on it, right? Yeah. So we could spend the rest of this time just talking about why I stopped. But the main thing was COVID hit. Um, I've been doing the show for a while and I was exhausted, burned out. I mean, people were asking me like, are you okay? You know, I'm, I remember my mom watched one of my, my live shows because I do the live Facebook live stuff too. And she's like, are you, you look really tired. I'm like, do I? <laughs> I no, can barely fine. see out of my eyes. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, you know, I was gaining weight and getting unhealthy and I was super stressed and, you know, blood pressure going up, all those things. And, and my job uh, at, at work, you know, as a site leader, uh, I had a lot of responsibilities for COVID that kind of stacked on top of what I normally did. And uh, it was just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of stress. So I said, you know what, I need to, I need to realign here for a minute, take a break. And, uh, it's been super sad to not do the show. It, it became a big part of me, right? I mean, here's my, my logo, right? It's still a big part of me. Yeah. Um, but it's been refreshing to, to take a break for a minute and just kind of focus on me. I've, you know, lost some weight. I'm in phenomenal shape right now. And that was not the case back in May. Uh, you know, I'm sleeping more. <laughs> uh, so either way, just refocusing. I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done done. But I'm, the, the break is, has been much needed. Well, that's good. Sometimes you got to take a step back and reassess what's important to you or mm -hmm. maybe move in a different direction. Um, mm -hmm. I heard you alluded to maybe starting a different show at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I've got a couple ideas. I actually have um, a website that I've kind of started and I've got, you know, kind of a, a list of shows that I could do. Um, but no, I already own, uh, own the rights to Motor Life podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's one that I have, um, like I said, I, I, I know what to do and it's just a matter of if and when I'm going to do it. Um, so I've got even got some social media presence out there already, just, uh, you know, ready to go. Because one of my plans was I was going to transition right into that yeah. and just make it happen. Um, the second thing is I got into RC cars. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, are little RC color trucks. cars or are yeah. they uh, yeah. gas? Yes, they're electric yeah i now i have had the like the nitro fuel ones before and you just gotta have a lot more patience to tune <laughs> them you know like it's especially in michigan right you tune it for you know 52 degrees next day it's 95 so you gotta retune it and next day it's 38 you gotta tune it again it was just it's incredible but no i little electric electric uh uh crawlers are like rock crawlers you know <laughs> and that they're scale so they part of it is to make them look pretty realistic and it's the weirdest thing but I'll, I'll build them and I get all intricate and it's it's been uh, uh, calming relaxing you know stress reliever 
It's good. And it's a relatively cheap hobby versus racing <laughs> cars, right? Yeah, like you were, I know I was watching your uh, your other video that you're talking, it was from, I think, 2017. Yeah, it was a few years did, ago. Yeah, but you were talking about just the cost of racing and saying, oh, yeah, you know, I hear people talk about their kids' hockey. Like, yeah, that, that's expensive. That's like one of my tires. You know, I have to get a tire every every race. Uh, yeah. And Yeah, so I used to be, you know, big into the off-roading and stuff, and I, I guess I still am. I got, you might be able to see the... I see the truck in the background there, yeah. Yeah, that's my, my picture, my, my Ford Raptor, but... Uh, beyond that, I got my helmet too. Oh, nice! You know, for, so I used to be big in ATVs and snowmobiles and all that stuff, and that gets expensive. And I'm not racing, right? Like, right. ooh, I gotta get a new set of tires next year, right? And not like I have to get five new sets of tires to practice this weekend. Right? Uh, yeah, it's a little, little different story. So you helped, or it seems like you maybe have helped some other uh, people get some sponsorship in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually had 20 sponsors, so I, I know mm -hmm. a bit about the struggles of sponsorship and uh, getting, um, pleasing the sponsors and maintaining and renewing sponsorship. Um, it, it's it's a full-time job if you want to do it professionally. It's, oh, it, yeah. You have to dedicate everything to it. And uh, making sure your proposals are, are spot on and everything. It's just, I, I could never find enough money um, to go racing full time. It was, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had my pro race license. You know, I'd been racing an expert Wera uh, motorcycle ra road racing for many years. Um, I was fast enough to qualify for pro racing the first year I raced as a novice. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I have the speed, it's just that I don't have the money. And you know, I, I played roller hockey for many years because mm -hmm. hockey was too expensive. So I don't come mm -hmm. from a rich family. Um, and it's it's all on me, you know. My parents help out when they can, but mm -hmm. they're not made of money. They can't write a hundred thousand dollar check for me to go racing. Right, right. Job, so I don't expect them to. Um, I want to create it on my own, and I wasn't ultimately able to do that. I stepped back from mm -hmm. racing after a bad crash in 2015 and kind of ran out of money. And uh, right now, I'm building my business to help fund that, so I can not have to rely on sponsorship alone. Sponsor. Mm -hmm. Great, but there are veterans, 10-year-old veterans who are in the top class of Superbike who the sponsor backed out and now they're done. That's it. Yeah. So I don't want to be in that position. Uh, I want to make my own way kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a classic story. It's unfortunate that it happens as much as it does. It's such a fun thing to do, you know, racing. I mean, I talk about autocross, right? That's a blast. Yeah. Uh, to get a good fully set up autocross car though you're, you're getting deep into some cash and uh like what you just talked about to, to run some of these programs i mean yeah if you're doing grassroots um atv stuff maybe you can get into that for 20 30k a year yeah. um but if you're racing at, at a higher level and you know with a you know complicated piece of machinery it price adds up quick i remember i was uh interviewing megan meyer uh, she does nhra top yeah. alcohol and she talked about her how many spark plugs she goes through because every pass the, the engine basically gets a rebuild and uh you know you don't think about that oh yeah i just got throw a new set of plugs and then that, now one of her sponsors is ngk oh that's great but i think we we did the math on the show and it's like fifteen thousand dollars a year in just plugs wow <laughs> like, what is that's that craziness yeah and for most people right 
plugs, you're just, that's just a thing. Yeah. You know, you, maybe you, maybe you replace them at 80,000 miles on a, on your passenger car. Uh, maybe a hundred. Well, probably most people go way further than that, right. but, uh, you don't think about that as being a real expense. No, and, it's just a small consumable. But if you're doing those kind of passes, everything's a consumable. Right. Right. So that, that's just, uh, it's incredible when you think about the scale. Um, another guy I worked with, uh, for a long time, Jimmy Moore, he's with bold racing. Uh, they do side-by-side racing, mostly a desert. So, um, you know, I went out to Vegas to Reno with huge off-road race out in, uh, you know, out in Nevada. I did that with him for two years. And I remember the first year I, I was really learning. I'd done a couple podcasts. I still didn't really know what, what I was talking about. And, and he took me out there and, and I was like, man, what does it take to get into this race? He's like, oh, that's, you know, it's not bad. Uh, and I said, well, tell me about it. And I said, I want to know what the, like, what's the win? What do you win? You crossed the finish line. What do you get? Yeah. He said, well, uh, let's just go back. He said, I got about $70,000 in invested in my car and it's barely competitive. You know, I got like a $75,000 truck to pull my $80,000 trailer. Yeah. And, you know, I got my crew with me and I got to feed them and put them in a room for the week. And I got all my tools, who knows how many thousand dollars in tools. Uh, I got entry fees. It's like, I don't know, 25, 35, $4,500 in entry fees for this race. He said, I'll run it. You know, we'll, it'll take us 20 hours to do it. And uh, I'll finish and I'll get like a button, like a really, really nice button. Uh, if <laughs> yeah. I win, I'm like, oh, oh, well, a button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so not much. You don't win much in this case. And but it's a nice button. It's a super nice button. <laughs> but uh, you know, just when you when you do that and you you talk about this and hit, at his level, you know, he was competitive, right? But compared to some of the other race programs you know, he was still just getting started and just kind of breaking in those things. And he had invested all of that money to really just get to the point of being competitive. Yeah. You know? and, and that's uh, when, when you hope that you get picked up by the bigger, the bigger names, and then right. you can actually have the best equipment and have the best crew and have a plane ticket to the event, that kind of thing. Right. It make it easier on you. Yeah. So that it becomes a requirement, you know, unless you can self fund, yeah. which some people can, right? And some people do come from a line of, of either money or racing families that have built that up over time. Some people are able to build it on, on their own. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very challenging. There's very few people that can operate without, you know, a healthy set of sponsors. And, um, you know, like you said, you become reliant on that. And if somebody backs out, it's, it's a big challenge. You know, right now, I know one of the, the questions that, you know, we were going to talk about at some point during this show is the future and the current state of, of sponsorship. And, um, you know, quite honestly, towards the uh, right when COVID was hitting uh, the United States, there was a bunch of people who just pulled out. Right. Oh, they yeah. said, I, I cannot cover uh, this this marketing program right now. I know I cannot do it. Let's let's pull back. Um, you know, I had. My show, I had already announced I was ending um, at this time, but um, people were basically saying, oh, I'm glad because <laughs> yeah. like it, it's sketchy sometimes trying to figure out how you're going to, you know, make payroll and also fund a, a racing program. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big expense. And uh, a lot of companies just can't afford that. I heard it was, I think, Mopar for Canadian Superbike. They pulled out almost immediately. And it, and it mm -hmm. made sense. I mean, the sales went down by... Some industries 50%, some industries more than that. 
um, if they're not having the sales, they don't have the the funds to pay you. They don't have this massive cash reserve of millions, millions of dollars. They're just regular people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really good point here. You know, if you look at what people think of when they see a company name versus what the reality is, you know, they might not have all the money that you think. So for example, I, I referenced my own company, right? People would reach out. Oh, can you sponsor me? Like, well, I don't have yeah. money for that. Right. I, I barely have enough money to operate at this point, let alone fund your program, but they don't know that there's a level of assumption that, right. well, if you have an LLC, if you have an S corp, if you have whatever, if you have a name that you also have some chunk of money, same goes with big companies. You know, you can have a big company that makes a billion dollars a year and uh, only actually net ref net profit, you know, a thousand small, very small amount. Yeah. Like yeah. Spotify. I mean, that's an extreme case. Right. But yeah. Like Spotify, for example, makes millions of dollars and they're still negative. It's like, how is that possible? Yeah. Yep. And you know, that's a, that's a great example. You know, you got these, some of these startups or these tech companies. Yeah. They're, they're selling millions of dollars in revenues, but they're in the hole, you yeah. know, and they're funded by essentially sponsors. They've got other investors, angel investors or, whatever it is that's making those companies, giving them the funds to run. Uh, so if you reach out to, like you just said, Spotify, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll put a sticker on my car, bro. And like, sorry, that's, I did a whole episode on sponsor me, bro. That's kind of like that. It's a stereotype, but it does happen. Uh, right. You know, like, Oh, you know, I'll run this sticker. All you got to do is give me like 50 grand. It's no big deal to you. Like, well, 50 grand for them. You know, if they give you 50 grand, that could mean, if they invested that into their own advertising, they could turn it over into 200 grand of revenue. Are you going to be able to turn 50 grand into 200 grand of revenue? Yeah. So how, what are you providing them? Are you providing them TV time exposure? Are you, and so something that I'm doing now that uh, I think will actually help me out for sponsorship is I am now selling the parts that I used. So Mm -hmm. I'm out to these companies. Some of them have sponsored me. Some of them are new companies that didn't before. Um, and I'm actually selling the products. So when it comes time to my sales are enough, say, Hey, I'm already selling your products. Can you maybe help me out more than just the cost on parts that I already get because I'm a vendor, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. throw me, uh, some free parts or maybe a check here and there, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm actually making you money now, which is most, most racers don't have a business that has their name on it that they're selling products out of. Uh, now when I get back into racing, I'll, stand out a little bit. Yeah, that's a great example. I know of a couple of people. I, I, I already mentioned Jimmy Moore. Might as well continue on that example. You know, he sold GSP uh, UTV axles for years. Yeah. Uh, same thing, right? He, he ran those axles. He would do well in a race. He'd say, these are really cool axles. Uh, I didn't even break any. He, <laughs> you know, this guy went through 45 axles in the race. I went through zero. Yeah. Uh, I, let me know if you want some. I will sell them to you. Right. Um, that's, that's, uh, that model is pretty attractive. Um, on top of that, I see a lot of, especially early on, um, even if, if you're not a racer, right, you can be an influencer in the market. And if you've got a a decent social media following, it's odds are somebody's going to say, Hey, give, I'll give you this discount code, right. Post it up on your page and you know, I'll send you some free product, whatever it may be. The odds yep. are pretty high that's happening. And it's a, that's a good way to, people use the discount code. They go and make a purchase, 
the company can easily verify, you know, how many purchases that your, your specific discount code made, right. you know, it could be, you know, Eric 10% racing off, right. It, it could be something like that. And they just know who's generating the sales for them. That way it's trackable. Then they can say, yes, we had 24 sales in the month of July and it was directly attributed to you. Right. Right. So that's where, um, I think it's critical that you understand what your exposure is. You know, you sent me your resume over ahead of time and I was able to peek at it yeah. and take a look, which is awesome. It's got like great breakdowns in there. Um, and one of the things that you were showing is in the series that you were racing in, you know, what type of views do they get? Yeah. Cause typically each type of media has a exposure, per, you know, dollar per exposure, um, whatever that might be. So uh, if you look at television, you can see how many people watch this, you know, yeah. how many times are you physically going to be present on the screen, uh, whether it's an interview or in a, you know, pit walk through or on the racetrack and then how often is their logo or whatever it is going to be visible. And you can start figuring out dollars per exposure. So that's what they're looking for. Um, and they know roughly, um, and this is some of the bigger companies, right? Some of the smaller companies might not have this level of analytics to work with, but you know, some of the bigger companies they'll know now if investing in you is of higher value than running a TV ad or right. running a, a social media ad. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I find it like a catch 22 type situation where as an amateur, say you're starting out and you're not pro yet An amateur, there's zero TV. There's mm -hmm. four, four people at the track who aren't racing. You know, it's, it's not a spectator sport as far there's no grandstands that are filled. Mm -hmm. So how, even an amateur season could be easily, like you said, $30,000 or so. You mean your bike, even if you're running a, a crappy bike, say five, 10,000, each event's going to be two grand. You do a season, um, 10 events, that's 30,000 right there. And, and that's no major crashes or totaling of your bike. Yep. Assuming that, and no crew, that's just you driving a truck, no plane tickets, just, just <laughs> no crew, uh, right. For minimum, uh, just to compete in an amateur novice season or, or expert, either one, um, mm -hmm. a national season. National season be just further gas money, probably in um, maybe an extra day or two for practice here and there. But um, it's expensive when there's no coverage. So it's yeah. like you, how do you get to this to the professional level um, when you don't have the money to to do it in the first place? You know, so it's it's this hard situation where if I had the money, then you get the exposure, but you don't have the money to get the exposure. Right. Well, and then this kind of goes to uh, one of the questions that, that you and I had discussed, um, you know, prior to this, the interview starting here is the past, present and future again of, of sponsorship. So let's go to the past, how things used to be. Um, television was king, yeah. no question. And winning, being on the podium was king. You didn't know the bottom tier racers or mid tier racers. You knew who won and that's what, the, what mattered because if you won, you got the most screen time, you got the interview, right? That was the ticket. You got featured in the magazines, you know, yeah. the printed magazines. Um, things have shifted a little bit nowadays. We'll go pre-COVID, you know, things are starting to recover, but just kind of pre-COVID to, to, to reset how things were up to that point. 
you know, social media has really taken that throne. Um, you know, live videos, um, live coverage of events, viral videos, your own pages, um, that really took over a ton. Now, don't get me wrong, in the big programs, television is still just massive, yeah. right? If you can get linked to television, it's, it's massive, but it's trending the other way. Um, you know, the virality of social media could make uh, a racer that really is not known or not in a big series could make them just hop right above. So yeah. go on Instagram, right? Look at Jimmy Johnson. You know, I, I, he's probably the winningest NASCAR driver in history. Look at his social media compared to uh, Travis Pastrana or Ken Block. Right. Right. They're, they're on completely different tiers. Ken Block and Travis Pastrana can make a boatload of cash off of social media sponsorship alone. Yeah. Right. Now, Jimmy Johnson, don't get me wrong. He's, he can figure out ways to make a boatload of cash, but it's just, it's these, this different focus area. And then you see people who, um, you know, four by four Barbie, she's been on my show a, a few, I don't know, like five times, six times. Um, she does some racing here and there and she's not a top tier racer, but she's built such a strong social media platform that sponsors will funnel to her versus that top tier racer. Yeah. They know that they're going to get the exposure. So it's changed things up a little bit where uh, you have, you have multiple approaches. It's much harder, I think, because the cost of everything has gone up. The competitiveness of everything has come up, gone up, but you have options. Now you don't have to be a top tier racer to drive in top tier sponsors anymore. Right. But, but then uh, you got your yeah. social media. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I've been seeing a lot of new series pop up from, from individual people. From, mm -hmm. like you're saying, individual riders or teams will hire videographers. And then I actually interviewed uh, a videographer from Motor America, Gray Pham. Mm -hmm. Excellent work. And he's doing flat track racing, he's doing uh, Moto America. And he looks, he's looking to go over to Europe next year for, for some filming. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's really cool to see that, to see the behind the scenes, to see the trials and tribulations. And uh, with Kyle Wyman uh, on the Ducati, he has a series called Undeterred. And that's okay. it's great. I love, this, love to watch it. And they might be, I don't know, 15-minute episodes or so every race weekend. But um, he's using really expensive cameras, and he does a fantastic job as a – great editor and yeah that that is the stuff that drives people and creates fan bases um mm -hmm. but then again to do that level of of videography you're be, you're probably paying 10 grand an episode i have no oh, idea yeah. but yeah it, it's you're exactly right um and you see people doing this more because you know i say social media is becoming king um but it all comes down to content creation yeah people want to see the things in action or whatever it is uh, they want to have that that connection and great videography can make it happen so what you're seeing people do nowadays like you're saying is they'll hire a film crew well they'll build it into their sponsorship thing they'll say hey look i need let's just say it's 100 grand a year to race um i also want on top of that 10 grand a year or 10 grand per race to do you know my film hire my film crew um you know, that's just part of it. And as you see people kind of excel and 
take it to the next level in those programs, you see their videography improves more and more and they start getting more professional. And then in some cases you see the, the race results might not even follow that, but the, the sponsorship dollars do, right? right? You, you see the, it's just amazing footage come out and some people get more excited about that yeah. than the win or the race. Right. Right. And it's just, it, it's, it's how it is. I know, I know I have, I have examples of people, uh, Jim Beaver, he's uh, been racing, um, you know, desert for a long time now. You'll see, I, I share a lot of desert examples. That was kind of like, okay, I spent fine. a lot of time with desert people, but um, he did desert for a long time in a trophy truck, which trophy truck is pretty much the top of the line, <laughs> most expensive uh, off-road race that you can do. You know, these trucks are million dollar trucks, easy. Yeah. And they'll do 60 to $100,000 in rebuild before each, before and after each race. Yeah. Um, so it's just top tier. And he raced that for a long time. And he, but then he stepped down into a UTV, right? The UTVs, in terms of popularity, are just through the roof, okay. right? So he immediately signs up with Polaris Razor and starts making these just amazing shows. And, you know, he's a, he's a podcaster. He's a, a media producer anyways himself. He's built a whole business around this. But he creates this amazing content. He hasn't placed in a in a top tier in a race and I don't know how long, but he's one of the most popular people there. And he has a huge social media following and, and just amazing backing from sponsors. Um for years. We're talking like 10, 15 years, he'll have the same sponsors. Wow. And um, you know, it's it's really impressive. But he took a whole different approach, right? Um, so with that, like I say, past versus present, you, you might not have to be a top-tier racer to draw in top tier sponsors, um, but you still got to have the effort. And sometimes the, the social media and all that other, other effort can be even harder than yeah. the training right. or less fun, right? Yeah. Um, especially if you're doing it yourself. If you have a crew and a team that you can eventually bring on board and hire, great, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it, it all comes at a, at a cost. And if you enjoy it though, it's, it's all worth it. So. Oh yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's what I live and breathe and sleep. Even though I'm not doing it like today, I've been watching the uh, the races from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. They're at uh, Moto America for motorcycles. Is there at the road course? And my friend John Hawkins is making his pro debut with uh, Kevin Whaley, Two Wheel Detroit Racing. I think is their team name. Um, I've actually had him on here and interviewed John Hawkins. Uh, I think it was maybe one of my first ten episodes. Okay. And uh, he's a super fast guy. Um, he qualified in the top 20 for his first ever race. And uh, I, I have to watch the rest of it later. So we'll see what, what happens, but it's just nice. great to come out there. And it's like, that's the class that I would be racing in if, if I was back out there. So it's, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to keep tabs on everything. And, you know, I haven't been on a bike in a little while, but you give me a couple of track days, give me a few amateur races. I'm sure I'll be back to that race pace. It's just a matter of funds. So. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. It's uh, and it's, it's interesting too depending on what level you're on, or I should say, it doesn't matter what level you're on. You're worried about funds. Yeah. Right. You're, <laughs> if you have the grassroots racer that's running just the, the, you know, dirt bike track in their backyard and little events, they're still worried about funds. My brother did uh, motocross for four or five years and he had, you know, his little 80 and when he, he was just a kid at the time, you know, he had his little 80 and he was running and he was, I mean, every build he's like, where am I going to get, <laughs> even him worried about this as a kid right where am i gonna get the money to like do this build and 
um, and you know, I was always scrambling and always making it happen. They, and he eventually stopped racing. That was pretty much the reason why. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to get my, my next race bike. I don't know how I'm going to get to the next race. Yeah. And, and uh, that's yeah. why I stopped. And I, I just hope to be able to sell enough so I can get back into it. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, I haven't given up. I'm just trying a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, you know, I spent time with some, some top tier racers before too. And, you know, they'll talk about the importance of sponsors and also the challenges of sponsors. And most of them would would say, um, you know, if you can self fund, you know, that's obviously the, the ideal state. Um, You know, I think that sponsorship, I obviously did a bunch of shows and talks about, I think it's a blast because it's about relationship building. It's about businesses. It's about marketing. And uh, I think that's kind of exciting. I, I always enjoyed um, working with my sponsors for my show and, um, you know, interviewing other people who sponsored racers and things like that. But, you know, put yourself in the mindset of if you do want to win, you know, what's the best way to do that? Well, you need the funds, you need to train, you need the focus. And what better way to do that if you're self-funded? Yeah. Um, it's just incredibly hard. There's uh, very, very few people who are able to do that. Um, and the ones that do are typically they'll build a business, you know, similar to what you're doing, right? You build a business and then your business sponsors your race program. So right. it's a write-off for your personal business. And that's your advertising. And then it's also funding, you know, your sport and your hobby yeah. and uh, you're promoting yourself at the same time. Right. So that's, uh, it tends to be where people are the, are the most excited and uh, most successful in the long run. I think if they can pull out of that or, have it uh, diversified, you know, so you have that and you have three, three or four other key sponsors that uh, are very supplemental. If any one of them backs out though, you're fine. Or if all of them back out, you're fine. I think that's what you you mentioned that before. Some people, they'll lose a key sponsor and they're done. Right. And and the season. Like there was, um, there was Triumph North America pulled out of racing completely and Jason DeSalvo and Elena Myers both lost their rides and their mm-hmm. grids are extremely um, tight. You know, there's not extra seats. There aren't just rides anymore. You can't, people used to say, Oh, he got a ride. Yeah. Well, they don't offer, they don't <laughs> offer rides anymore that yeah. most people pay to play. And if I could just like, I would love to be really competitive at the front of the field mm-hmm. or today. I would just love to be out there and get my stuff, right. popular, you know, just to yeah, pr- just run. Just to break even and be out there, I would be so ecstatic. My mm-hmm. life, you know. Yeah, certainly. So it's it's a challenge. Um, people make it happen. You know, one of the things I know we we're going to talk about is who are some of the people that I think do well at this. Yeah. And uh, well, obviously, I mentioned a, a couple of really big hitters, right? Travis Pastrana, Ken Block. Um, Those are the big <laughs> ones everybody thinks of. Those Jim Kana videos, or he, right. he's got ten of them now, or something. Probably yeah. More. The the, let's let's speak to that for a minute too because I, Ken Block um, when I ask people uh, I did this for a very long time a lot of episodes I say who is the best who is the person you want to emulate he he comes up a lot so it's Pastrana actually Pastrana was on the sh- uh, was on my show That's pretty uh, cool. it was like the the coolest thing ever I got to do it in person with him and I mean I got two minutes and 30 seconds with him but I was like this is gold yeah um, but either way you know they they um they do such a good job at being an entertainer outside of just doing cool stuff. I mean, 
Pastrana still races. He races everything, and he just finds things. He like you could give him a motorhome, and he'd find a race circuit, and he'd win the race circuit. But, yeah. um, but most of what he does is you know the content creation, exciting stuff, and the Jim Connor videos, right? If you look at those, uh, how they've progressed over time, he finds something new. Each one of those blows up from a virality standpoint. The millions. Oh, it's just it's incredible. Um, so you know, they've definitely got it figured out. But if I look at some of the other folks that, you know, a lot of times when on my audience, my target was people who are trying to get started. Like you're saying, get out on the track, uh, get back out there. Um, I think it's helpful sometimes to look at something that's closer to where you're at, maybe a little bit more attainable, still right. out of reach, but something you can truly visualize. Where if you talk about someone who is in a you know, a, a really high level, like a Ryan Dungey in motocross or something. Um, it's hard to really imagine you being there. I'm trying to figure out the steps to get there. But uh, I, one person that I've, she's been on my show a few times um, and she's one of the more respected people that I follow in, uh, in the racing world. And that's Sarah Price. Okay. So, so Sarah Price did um, motocross. She's done stadium trucks. Um, she's done trophy trucks, UTVs. Um, now she does, I mean, she does commercials as a stunt woman. Yeah. She does, um, she just got signed to Chip Ganassi Racing for, I think it's electric UTV. If oh, wow. I, hopefully I got that right. Um, she's been with a ton of different brands, huge brands, and she just does a phenomenal job. One, she does a great job representing, you know, strong females in the racing world. Um, she is an amazing role model. Um, she's got a great positive attitude. She talks to just about anybody, yeah. you know, she's been on my show. My show was like, it never really, it was this massive show, but she came on it early on and, uh, really helped me. I think she was on episode 12 Okay. and then she came on later and then later <laughs> and, uh, but she was helping me out. Right. Yeah. Let's just be honest. She was helping me out at that point. She wasn't doing anything for her own brand in terms of getting more exposure she already had that um and she does a great job with her sponsor she does facility tours and videos them you know she she's now big enough where she'll she'll have a helicopter at a race yeah um, when they're doing the desert races and create really good content around it and um you know if you look at her social media follow her what the thing she's doing she has such a diversification of what she does she can hop on a dirt bike she can go and do these stunt commercials and you're genuinely engaged yeah. right so that is probably the most important thing right now is that creating genuine engagement you want to watch somebody win a race that's fun to watch um and you want to watch good amazing content um if you can do both <laughs> that's even right better, yeah. it's even better so I, I would recommend if anybody's you know watching this or um, listening to this in the future, go check out Sarah Price and just take a few notes. What are some of the things she's doing? Uh, try, I, I, I challenge you if, you, if you do pay attention to her for uh, a couple of days, you, I challenge you to not. I challenge you to ignore her going yeah. forward. It's, it, it'll be tough. No, I'll search for her. I'll, I'll try to find her on Instagram, see if she's on there. And, uh, and yeah, I've been uh, interviewing this one woman, Anna Rigby, Red Sp Okay. Uh, spade racing mm -hmm. she's a very unique character as well she she is not a racer yet she's a brand ambassador and she's a very yeah. 
widely known woman in the motorcycling industry. And although she's not um, the fastest rider out there, mm-hmm. she's, uh, she's consistent and she's, um, she's like mid-pack, you know, track days. Mm-hmm. And not saying that to um, dog on her at all. She's, she's a great, like you're saying, she's a great intermediate person between uh, a full-on racer and uh, a pretty good track day person. Mm-hmm. But like uh, the average community of street riders um, knows nothing about the track. She's the the best person you can talk to because yeah. if you talk to me, I'm going to scare you into racing. <laughs> Her, she's going to say, you know, you don't have to race. You can just go to the track and learn how to ride at the track mm-hmm. and get all the right things. So there's there's people in between that can be good as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And anybody listening right now, if you're not a racer, but you still want to try this whole thing out right there, as long as you're doing something, you can, you have the potential to take it to the next level and pull a sponsor out of that. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I do a podcast, right? I ride stuff, I drive stuff, but I am not a racer. Um, I've done little things here and there, but like, I am not that person. Yeah. And, um, but I can still pull in sponsors. Um, you know, I still have had, I mean, I'll turn my camera right. MBRP Power Sports, right? They've been my sponsor for years. So I've been running MBRP exhaust on my truck. I've been running it on my snowmobiles, my UTVs. Um, And people will ask me, like, oh, where'd you get that? Well, I'm I'm working with MBRP. They're a great company and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, what do you like race? I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) But I like their stuff and I know it's reliable and I know it sounds good and I know it has more power. Like, you want some? I, mean, I hook you up. My buddy, Jared, Jared Heshka, by the way, is the guy that I work with with MBRP. But like, I can set you up with that and he can, he can talk to you about what, what you might need for your vehicle. So, uh, you know, you do it. it it's kind of, people are going to hate me for this, right? I'll, the racers watch her and like, oh man, I'm a big tough. Or, uh, but honestly, what, what we do in sponsorship and racing isn't much different than what the, uh, you know, the influencers on Instagram do right you yeah. see people uh like trying to sell scarves that they they wear like you know chai lattes right it's, it's a different product it's it's, it's a different product it. it's just it's word of mouth advertising thing. like saying hey i saw this movie well i haven't gone to the movies in like seven months so i can't <laughs> right. you know, i went to this one restaurant and it was great you should go there and i'm not yeah. trying to like manipulate you maybe i am a little bit by because i want you to experience that thing but uh, mm-hmm. like, like selling the products that I use at the track, it, saying, hey, this helped me win the race. I think you should maybe try it too. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. It's not dirty. Right. Well, and, and honestly, what you just mentioned there is what makes the difference between a strong ambassador and a weak ambassador. If it is not genuine, people will pick up on it and yeah. they they don't buy it, right? To an extent, all advertising and marketing is a form of manipulation, right? Sorry, sorry, folks. Yeah. It's like, that's what it is. Um, sometimes it, it's for your better, right? Uh, for example, I, I was manipulated into purchasing this, this specific protein uh, powder that I've been using in my workouts. And it's been phenomenal. Like, yeah. it's just, it works really well. Uh, it works with my entire ecosystem like i'm i feel like i'm a better person for for having it right. um but i got it because i saw an ad and 
you know, so I was manipulated to an extent, but I used to ask people on the end of my show, I would say, this is on every episode where I interviewed somebody else. I say, you know, what's one thing we need to take away from this show? Like, what's the most important thing? And I have never actually tallied them all up, but I would say about 60 to 70% of the time they say, be genuine, right? Market the products that you really love and that you support and that you really believe in. Um, it doesn't always have to be racing stuff, right? You see, you see these uh, all the time, especially in bigger events, you'll see non, um, it's called, a, uh, oh shoot, now I almost said industry sponsor. Yeah, I almost said, I almost said uh, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's endemic versus non-endemic. And, uh, but I just, my head was thinking COVID for a minute. Yeah. So it's basically, uh, what it means is if you're uh, an, uh, an easier way to remember it, is in the industry or not in the industry. So in racing, like a tire, yeah. right, in the industry, um, if you have, um, although energy drinks are pretty synonymous with racing right now, you know, they're still outside of the industry. There's typically, in motorsports, there's more money outside of the industry than there is inside of the industry. Right. So if you can land, like uh, I, I mentioned Megan Meyer earlier, she, she partnered with Menards, you know, just a massive retail store, um, not part of motorsports typically, right? But that's the market that they, they wanted to target was Megan Myers following and it worked out well. But, um, you know, if you look at those two different things, you can target um, different sponsors and you might be able to pull in a whole different market segment, more money than into the industry if you look for brands that aren't normally there. Yeah. But you have to like the brand. Right, you can't just- It has to be genuine. Yeah. You can't, like, I'm not a, I don't carry a purse. I can't go after purses, you know, whatever. Right. Um, right. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a great point. Like, would you sit here and say, oh, you, this purse right here, like, it's the best. Oh, why is it the best? Oh, trust me. Yeah, good zippers or something. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, it's not, it's not real. So I, I, I've used this example before on my show. These things are getting old and nasty, and I, I keep showing them. But I could be an Adidas sponsor. <laughs> I, I don't know why I just like Adidas stuff. It just, it looks good. It, it's comfortable. It's pretty affordable. Like it just, that's how I am. But if I tried to sell you, you know, an Asics brand right now, if I said, if I just switched to Asics, I, I don't know if people would believe me. I've shown my, I've shown the same sandal yeah. like 20 times in my shows. They know that that's what I like. Is it has this to be really compelling uh, a change or something for us to, really get behind that if we knew you and if we, if we knew your history with that you had to right make a revelation of some sort of change for us okay i i, I get it now why it's right changed. it's got to be genuine now the benefit to what we were talking about with tires right i keep going back to the tire example if you have a good pair of tires and you're winning that like that's proof to people right that it's harder it's 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 harder to sell it any other way you say, oh, well, you want to win? Well, Eric wins all the time. Well, what tire he runs? Oh, he runs, you know, these are Michelin tires, right? I think Michelin was one of your, one of yeah. your previous sponsors. He runs Michelin. So like, you know, oh, I'm just going to buy, I'm just going to buy Michelin. I'm not going to question anymore. And uh, I mean, I've done that before too. I love BF Goodrich tires. You can probably see behind here, you know, Raptor comes stock with BF Goodrich anyways, but I, I like them. I like yeah. BF Goodrich tires. I got BF Goodrich tires on my Ford Focus, right? Like who does that? And then um, you become you you end up liking this brand and and it expands and uh, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I want Michelin tires on my bicycle. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. Like so it's it's uh, the, the being genuine about these things is incredibly important, and, and people can tell if you're genuine or not, um, and they'll call you out on it, right? They'll say, "Oh, well, you're just you're just selling this thing to me, right?" Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, my takeaway from this is I need to create more content. And I've already started with doing the podcast. I'm, yeah, this is content. I'm trying to do it once a week. That's the goal. Um, I actually have three. I still have to finish editing right now. So I'm a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't posted since early September, but I, mm -hmm. I'm, and this will be the fourth one I need to edit. Um, so we're yeah. trying to keep it to about an hour or so, but yep, um, yep. yeah. Yeah, I know uh, one thing that you were gonna ask me about too is um, just podcast tips in general. Yeah. Um, and as we're, you know, on the topic of content creation, I actually did a show. Uh, I think it was episode 200. Um, so if people out. want to go to sponsored rider club podcast.com, look up episode 200, it talks about tips to create a podcast. So I, I used a lot of references of what I do or what I did. Um, but it can be pretty easy, but that's a great form of content. Um, I highly recommend any racer out there. Doesn't matter what level you're at have some form of, of content. It could be, you know, uh, an Instagram live video once a week with no editing, no anything, right. It just something yeah. uh, where you share your, your story or you have a voice. Um, a lot of people are doing like what you're doing now, which is great. Um, you know, creating their own, their own platform to, um, talk about what they want to talk about to, promote themselves, promote their brands, promote their guests. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend that, but, you know, from a podcast standpoint, if you really want to know how to, how to set that up, go to, uh, go to that sponsor rider club podcast.com and look up. I'm 98% confident. It's, it's uh, episode 200. Yeah. So I talked through a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, yeah, I've been, uh, following a lot of different people like David Goggins and, uh, Cameron Haynes and, uh, there's another one and uh, blanking on his name right now, but basically, oh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vaynerchuk oh, yeah. Yeah. talks oh. about just making, just creating content and, and stop thinking about, oh yeah, Jab, Gary Jab, Vaynerchuk, Jab, right Jab, 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 Ray Hook. This is a good book about social media stuff. It's still okay. relevant. Yeah. And, uh, and he had a guest on the other day. He was just talking about, Hey, how do I increase my brand? Ask Gary V. Sorry, that's, I'm done. No more books. So you, you know what he's talking, he's about. Yep. And uh, he just says, create content. Don't, don't worry about creating film. Just document mm -hmm. and what people want. People want, like, uh, I should go around my business and just film. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm shipping an order today. I'm doing inventory. This is what mm -hmm. my building looks like. These are what my tires look like over here. You know, I, this is my podcast area. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. Just just walk through and just document. It doesn't have to be like a perfectly spliced uh, edited video because yeah. I'm not an expert at that anyway. So it's going to take me seven years to produce it and film it and publish it, you know? Yeah. Well, while I'm pulling books out, uh, there's another book here. These are some of my favorites behind me. So it's called The Lean Startup. Okay. Yeah. And this book those, basically yeah. says... If you, if you make it perfect, you've waited too long. I think it might even use something more specific or more, uh, maybe it's more ridiculous. It says, 
if you're not embarrassed by your first product, first release, you waited too long. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're not embarrassed? Like, <laughs> I've actually read that one and I'm a huge proponent. I've said this for years now. You've read this too. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a big one. But start before you're ready. Oh yeah. A lot of times, like I, I never thought I was going to be a racer. That was not the goal when I got a motorcycle. I even told my parents, I'm not going to be racing it. I'm not going to go fast. I just yeah. wanted, I, had, I bought a 250 and then uh, mm -hmm. I eventually went to the track. And even when I went to the track, my goal was not to race. My goal was just to ride my bike and not get arrested. Um, <laughs> just use it the way it's meant to be used. That's like every motorcycle owner's <laughs> goal. I just didn't want to get in trouble for riding my bike the way I wanted to ride it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I quickly found out that I was good at it, and that I was passing people who are already racing. And I didn't realize then that when you go to the track days, people aren't going 100% all the time. Mm. So like, well, I'm way better than this guy. I passed him, and he's racing, but maybe he's not going 100%. Like, why would mm. you go 100%? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So. No, it's uh, you know, like I said with my podcast, it it I accidentally released my first episode. And my intent was to do some tests. I was going to build up a pile, you know, 10, 10 to 15 episodes, uh, which honestly, this might not be too bad of a deal to have a, have a stockpile. So you're not always week to week hitting yeah. them. But, um, you know, that was my plan. I, I, I don't know when I would have truly released it. Um, but it, it went out there and I was like, Hey, I might as well keep going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's so many, there's so many hiccups and lessons learned that you have along the way. You know, for example, my second episode I did, it was with, um, Jeff Vanistall. He's with uh, top the podium.com. They do motorsports marketing and sponsorship stuff. And, uh, the whole episode we recorded, it was amazing. It was, it was just, I loved it. I thought I was like, this is, this is the best. I'm, I'm actually good at this. And, uh, the whole file was corrupt. Oh, no. uh, I had an issue with my software. Like there's, it was, it was a mess. So I lost the whole thing and I had to re-record re it with him. Oh, wow. Right. And it was so embarrassing. And it was, you know, my second show, it was going to be episode two yeah. and I had to re record twice, edit twice. And uh, either way, got it out there and uh, just kept going. And, you know, I, I started honing things in after that. Um, I will admit, I probably did more editing and, you know, trying to make things perfect than 99% of my listeners would even notice or care for. Yeah. Um, but just for that reason, like, people don't care as much as you might think about the little stuff. For example, on this video, right, uh, you know, on the bottom of my screen, it says Landon Weesey, which is my, my yeah, son. I noticed, yeah. You know, normally I, I have this set up and say impact fuel, okay. but you know, things change, but nobody's going to care. I mean, I'm, I'm pointing it out for the fact that nobody's really going to care that it says that, right? right? They're going to care about, you know, what they came to hear in this show and if they get any value out of it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm doing a podcast tomorrow, um, which yeah, it's, it's funny. Like I had new, didn't do any shows for since May. And then I'm going to do three, like three podcasts, guest appearances over the next few weeks here. <laughs> I'm doing one tomorrow with the guy. His name's Nate McLean. He does. Um, uh, he actually gets gets sponsors, and he doesn't race or anything. He's just a, a brand ambassador. He runs Dunes, Sand Dunes. Okay. And uh, he's got a beautiful truck build. Either way, doing a show with him. It's called Dune Hippie Podcast. Very and cool. uh, he basically said on his, I think it was episode three. He's maybe. I think I'm going to be maybe five or six. And he's like, 
yeah, man. Uh, someone said, oh, do you want to edit that out? He's like, dude, I don't know how to edit. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, it's fine. That. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm a podcaster and you think like, I'd be like, oh, dude, you got to edit your stuff, man. But like, I don't care. It was kind of funny. I felt yeah. like more connected to him. Like it's real. I could picture him sitting in his garage, you know, just knocking these things out and getting it out there, you know, and some people will get so spun up about, well, I don't know how to edit. Yeah. I don't know how to splice videos. I don't know how to do Facebook live. I don't know how to do YouTube and uh, just not do it at all. You know? Yeah. Well, there was about three years where I, where I knew that I wanted to do it, but I didn't mm -hmm. do anything for three years. Yeah. I was scared of what might people think of I say something stupid or stutter of my words or say, right. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, now that's a really good point. I was very fortunate in my show where I didn't get a lot of negativity come through, right? The show was very focused on growth. So I think my audience drew the people that were drawn to my show were already focused on personal growth, building up themselves, building up others. I didn't get a ton of that. Um, I didn't get a lot of the haters, right? But everybody interviewed, right? That's what, that's one of the things that they talk about, whether it's, you know, on the mic or off the mic, they would, they would talk about the haters. Yeah. You will get that. Yeah. Right. It is going to happen. I'm not going to say that I never had it, right. It still happened. Um, I remember people would, I remember one person reached out because I mispronounced some word and they made a big deal about it. I'm like, yeah. I don't know, dude, I just mispronounced the word, but, um, but that's going to happen. And honestly, it doesn't matter. Some people just do that. Yeah. You know, yeah some people was, just. Yeah. There was a thing I talked about on, uh, on one of the other, other episodes and nobody ever mentioned anything. I was like, so worried about this one thing I talked about. Mm -hmm. And it was like, nobody cares, you know, just right. do your thing and, um, just keep going. Just, yeah. uh, there's, there's so many things like you look in the news today and you see people of power tweeting mm -hmm. all the time. And, mm -hmm. Oh no. He said, yeah. he said what? They, they said you know, that? I'd be, what? I'd be yeah. so embarrassed of one of the hundreds of things that he's tweeting. Right. 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 <laughs> well, and, and actually, you know, I know we're kind of coming up on time here, but there's a few quick points I want to make, uh, about that. And then, you know, we can close out or do whatever you need to do next. But, uh, the, when you're representing a brand, I will say you need to be cautious about the, the topics and the, the things that you say, uh, you know, in maybe the past six months or so, there's been a couple of big names that have lost big sponsors Oh, yeah. because of some some things that they said and did so what we're talking about me and you i just want to make it clear for everybody anybody listening right uh what we're talking about is it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to goof up it's okay to be unpolished it's okay to you know not have the the highest quality content it's okay to say stuff that's stupid you're gonna get haters and that's okay and it's okay to have your opinion too right you can say stuff and you know, upset everybody. <laughs> and uh, as long as it aligns with your brand, or if you have a sponsor, as long as it aligns with their brand, whatever, do your thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a couple of racers that Bubba Wallace, he went off on some rant while he was doing iRacing. Yeah. And he quit. He stopped racing in the middle of the thing. He's like, yeah. I'm done. Like, I, he got upset. I don't know what happened. He got wrecked in the, in the you know, in the fake race. Right. And, he, and he, the sponsors cut him. That's like, harsh. It's very much of like a it's tough man almost. Yeah, that's that's maybe a tough he thing. shouldn't have done that, and they they said they don't want quitters, right? Right. But I I have a sim racer upstairs. Mm -hmm. 
you get into that, you do practice, qualify, race as a feature race now. Um, and it, it can be very frustrating. I just got taken out. I was doing Suzuka in mm -hmm. Japan uh, yesterday with my brother. And some guy came into the one of the hard chicanes and just took me out of the race. I was like, well, that's fun, you know? Right, right. So you look at that and you're like, oh, well, that's scary, right? But he's going to be fine. He'll figure something else out, right? It, it's 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 a, a bump in the road. He'll recover. Um, there's another driver. I can't remember his name, though. Um, we talked about him. I, I, yeah, but I don't – Kyle Bush? I don't know. Um, either way, there's another guy. It, this is very, very recently. Um, and maybe we might be thinking of multiple things here. I'm not sure. But uh, he said the N-word. While yes. he was doing a, a race, Larson, late, Kyle Larson? Larson, I don't know, I can't remember. But either way, I mean, now that's that's egregious, right? And that's, you know, he should lose his sponsors for that. Different from the Bubba Wallace thing, where maybe it's a little bit gray, but, um, but he's thinking he was alone. He's thinking, I mean, not alone, but he's thinking it. What he's saying isn't really doesn't have a consequence, but it did, and it does, and uh, right, gone, and yeah. so. The, there's there's uh, certain things where your behavior needs to be at a certain level. That's what the sponsors expect, um, but not all of them are expecting just perfect content, right? There's there's some people who make hilarious content, and you know, completely unpolished, and it's just it's it's gold. Yeah, right? there's gold. Um, there's a famous motocross guy. I'm not sure if he's still racing or not, but um, I'm blanking on his name. He he's. Uh, like a Coors Light guy, he, he'll be making these funny videos uh, where he goes off the jump like the wrong way, land at the wrong way. But he's a pro. He knows how to do everything. So it's, Right, right. It looks like he's a shit show, but he's, he's yeah. he knows how to do it. Just yep, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely get it. So it's, you know, the, the point is what Gary Vee says is go out and do it. If you just got an idea it. for a podcast, just do it. If you want to document, just do it. And um, maybe it will suck right odds are pretty high that it's gonna suck let's, I mean, for, let's just be honest right the odds are pretty high it's gonna suck yeah. and that's okay um you know I, i'll tell you there's another guy that i listen to oh i should say i used to listen to uh john lee dumas he does uh entrepreneur on fire it's a podcast and um he one of the things that he talked about is um when you produce something and it absolutely sucks and it's no good right you just keep coming back and doing it keep coming back and doing it and uh and let's say you don't one day you quit but he, he made this one reference that was it stuck with me he said my kids in the future are going to be able to go back and listen to my voice right on this show he's like man like that's amazing think about that i mean so i just i just lost my father unexpectedly um you know august 31st I'm and no I, I appreciate that but you know this just a like kind of a, a takeaway and lessons learned from that is i don't have a podcast that he did i can't go and listen to his voice right now right yeah. I, there's some videos that i have where he's on there right that, but if i could just sit down and listen to a show of him talking about what he did i mean he was a he was an entrepreneur he built a business ran it for 23 years and um man if i if i could sit here and like listen to the to his struggles or his thoughts that'd be phenomenal and right now my kids can do that yeah. right good bad indifferent they can sit and listen to me run my mouth for an hour about more sports marketing and sponsorship and that that's cool like it it just lasts it's just there it's 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 content 
Yeah, and we don't have that from the past generations. We just have right. some snippets here and there, and it's like, yeah, those people who are not here anymore, you wish you could just press, you know, the voice record on your phone and listen mm -hmm. to their voicemail or they're just, they're talking naturally. How how many times do you sit down in front of someone and just talk to them face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. eating or drinking really anything else for an hour straight? It's right. It's a very different form of communication, so. Yeah, certainly. The, it's almost like a uh, moment in time. Like this is frozen in time from this day for this person. Yeah. Um, 10, 10, 20 is today. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. I did not notice that. Yeah, you know, I've even gone back and um, fairly recently went and listened to some of my old shows. Like I've listened to my first ever show probably five, six times. <laughs> and uh, it, I don't even remember some of it. I like, I don't remember recording it. There's some guests that stood out and I'll never forget. Um, but there's some episodes where I'm like, when did that happen? But I can go and listen to it. I can like relive it if I want to. And uh, that's pretty cool. You know, and my kids can do that. They're young now. They, they won't care. But when they're older, I guarantee it's, it'll be a cool thing for them to go back and listen to, you know, what dad used to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, yeah. Where can people find you online? I know you talked about the, that podcast website. Are you on Instagram or social media anywhere? Yeah, I'm on all those things. Um, you know, right now I, I still am running the, uh, the sponsored radicalclubpodcast.com. So that's where I'd send people to. It links out to, um, you know, the Instagram, Facebooks. I'm not actively posting on that anymore, um, but the content is there. So I still recommend you go there and check it out. Plus I really want to hit a hundred thousand downloads. So like, yeah. let's keep downloading it. But if you go there, um, that's a good start. Or if you go to iTunes, um, Google play music or wherever it's, it's called Google podcast. Now I think, um, it's on Spotify. It's on, I think it's everywhere. Um, but go, go download a couple shows. You know, that's what we're talking about here is sponsorship. And, uh, I talked about it for 228 episodes. The content is all still relevant now. Um, so go check it out. And uh, if you do want to message me, you can hit me up on any of the DMs there too. Um, I have toyed with the idea. I've actually built a, a model around it of being a sponsorship coach to people. I mean, it, it is a paid service. Uh, my podcast is free. You can get free 228 episodes of coaching. But if you do want one-on-one -on -one stuff, I, I would consider doing a little bit of that. Uh, so I do have a model out there. You can find out about that on the website too. Very cool. Well, maybe I'll hit you up for some uh, some advice uh, yeah. sponsorship coaching myself. Sounds good, man. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, this will probably be posted in the next week or two. I'm not exactly sure when, but it'll be. Yeah. And I'll tag you. And we yeah, should, I'll share it up. We should be sure to uh, tag everybody we talked about because there's a lot of people we mentioned in here. Yeah. Holy cow. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I remember most, but I think I, I, you get good at tagging. Yeah. You right. do a little social media stuff. You get pretty good at tagging people. So. Good deal. All right. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah. see you soon. All right. Thank you, Eric. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.